0: Hello, Switched On crew. Dan here with today's signals on getting out of your own way. With me is Christina Eanes, a former FBI violent crime analyst and senior manager, now author, speaker, podcaster, and more. Christina specializes in super achieving, is on a mission to help others achieve more in life, mainly by getting out of their own way. A great quote from Christina in the episode. A call to action for all those who feel forced to hide their talents so they don't make others look bad. Come join us and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Switched On Podcast. Today we have Christina Eens with us. And Christina, let's just dive right in and have you start by giving us uh, some insight on your background. Excellent. So we seem to have a, a little bit in common in where we've lived.
1: Um, I started out after college with a police department in Vacaville, California, as a crime analyst. I love that so much, but then I wanted to go affect change on a bigger level in the world. So I thought, eh, I'll go join the FBI. <laughs> so I joined the FBI's violent criminal apprehension program as a crime analyst. That's not a profiler and it's not an agent. So as a crime analyst, where I helped local, state, federal, and even some international agencies with their homicides and sexual assaults, I I enjoyed doing that work. I really helped. Well, I felt like I was really helping in that work, but I knew I couldn't do it for my entire career. And I was about ready. to. to I wanted a promotion at that point. So I started looking around and my background is also in training and development because I've always taught college on the side, even since Pretty much being in college. And so I thought, well, where can I make even more change? So I went in and helped the FBI develop their leadership development program. I had a couple of teams of folks, instructors in logistics. We trained anywhere from line level to uh, executive level leaders in in the group. And I enjoyed that so much. I loved all the stuff in relation to emotional intelligence and perception and all those quote unquote soft skills. Then once my kids left the house. I decided, okay, I'm going to go open up my own business. And so now I have my own professional development firm where we do trainings on emotional intelligence, perception, coaching, feedback. And then on top of that, I have a few books along those lines, a podcast and a YouTube channel.
0: Wow, nice. How did you get into that original career vector? Was this like a CSI-driven kind of awareness? (laughs) Because I didn't even know that that was a thing really until… Uh, I started watching the CSI show.
1: Yeah. Well, and actually, if you want me to ruin CSI or Criminal Minds or any of those for you, I can. But however, so I was actually I decided to have kids young while I was in college. Uh, I don't plan as much now, but what I wanted to do was have them between general ed and upper division so that I can enjoy them (laughs) during, I got married young, so that I could enjoy them them while I was still in college and then start my career right after and not worry about maturity, leave, all that stuff. Again, I don't do as much planning now, Um, but I was uh, actually a biology major in college Uh, at Sac State, not far from you. And, uh, I, I got in, started getting into those upper division courses and I thought, okay, I don't care what's inside of a cell. I don't care what a Golgi apparatus does. And this is a lot of the, you know, the basis of biology. And then I started looking around thinking, okay, I've got two young ones I need to support, um, you know, as a family unit. And I started looking at the jobs at that time and they all were all requiring masters and doctorates. So I'm like, okay, I'm not so excited about this field anymore. I'd have to go all the way in order to make a good amount to support my family at the level I want to. You know what? I've always thought of criminal justice as something that was fun and exciting. Wow. But I don't want to be a cop. So what do I do? (laughs) Well, I'm going to switch all my classes over to criminal justice, and I got two years to figure it out. Wow. And then when I started figuring it out, um, I came across the field of crime analysis, which I fell in love with because it's like solving puzzles, um, and so I I went that route. Neat. Yeah.
0: Well, there was a a concept that I came across as I was getting familiar with you and your platform of things that you're doing, and one of them was this statement around super achievers are able to achieve because we consider ourselves a work in progress, and I just loved the message of that. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about the insight around where that came from and, and what you uh, experience and what you help others experience.
1: Ah so where that came from, I'm not quite sure I've kind of always been maybe it was nurture and nature right but I've always thought about um, every moment is a learning moment. Um, then when I got into looking at okay uh, I'm going back to my entrepreneurial roots, what do I want to do in life? Well, first of all, what am I good at? Well, I'm good at getting a lot of stuff done and achieving whatever I set my mind towards. Then I thought, okay, so part of being an entrepreneur is, and if I want to teach others and have a platform on that and do something that comes easy to you, that doesn't seem to be as easy to others. And then I thought, well, super achieving. And how do I do that? Well, I look at everything as a learning opportunity. And then I went and did a lot of research on it. And I found, are you familiar with Carol Dweck's growth mindset?
0: Yes, actually I am. Yes.
1: And her book mindset. So I thought, oh, this is in aligned with everything in alignment with it. So I think pretty much I've been born with a growth mindset and that's what led me to help others to develop more of a growth mindset so they can step up their achievement. And when I say achievement, I don't necessarily mean tangible things, right? It could be happy life. It could be um, realizing your purpose, all of that related
0: stuff. Well, I know your current book and your current focus is around the concept of escape rooms and that whole interesting dynamic. So give us a little insight. Where did this uh, idea (laughs) get birthed from and and how are you manifesting around the escape room idea?
1: Oh, so interesting. Uh, About four years ago, my daughter had her 21st birthday. I thought she'd want to go to Vegas. She did not. She wanted to go to Harry Potter world in Orlando. (laughs) So we went there. We had a couple of days that we didn't have anything scheduled and she was looking around and said, Hey, there's this place near our hotel that it's escape rooms. It sounds really cool. Can we go try it? And I was like escape rooms. That sounds silly. I don't, you don't have to lock me in a room for me to solve puzzles. I'll do that here at the hotel. (laughs) I'm like, it's your birthday. So we'll go try it. Uh, So it was the three of us, my husband, my daughter and uh, myself Uh, Our son was uh, joining the army and in the army at that point. Um, But uh, we went and did the escape room and I fell in love with it. We fell in love with it. So uh, we went back and did three more rooms the next day. And uh, my husband and I have now done almost 500 rooms in 20 countries in 22 states. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So we got a little addicted. But first of all, one, it's exciting Um, novelty, right? So that helps the brain grow as well. Anytime you challenge it and you give it novel experiences, because each escape room experience is different in its own right. While there are some similarities across some of them, it's all different adventures. And then I realized, hey, this has so much application for what we're teaching in the classroom on perception, emotional intelligence, how people communicate with each other. So then we started uh, paying attention to how we were in escape rooms and how we were interacting and the different challenges that we faced. And of course, I had to put lessons on that. And then we put it into a book.
0: <laughs> That's really neat. We used, um, in my last corporate um, situation, we actually used escape rooms in a team building kind of oh. way where teams would go off and uh, go use the escape room in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. And- uh, the teams just loved it.
1: Yeah, it's fun. And you actually, you have one of the best in the US, uh, one of the best locations there in San Francisco.
0: Hmm. Wow, yeah. it's really neat. So, what can these escape rooms teach us? You know, I know oh, that so much. there's teaching moments in there, but we would love to hear some of your insights to that.
1: Um, let's see here. So, a big one uh, recently, I actually mentioned this one in my speech. I won't go into too much detail on it, but uh, being that we have done so many, and it's usually just my husband and myself when we're doing these. Um, I mean, there's so many lessons, but a big one, perception is reality. And it was no more in your face of a, an experience as we went to a room where we were going to be locked in with a live zombie. Or I should say an undead zombie that's a live actor. (laughs) So we've heard of these before. And oftentimes it's like a zombie is attached to a chain. And after a certain period of time, the chain gets let out, you know, until close to the end where it has full roaming privileges, I guess. But this one, we were going to be in with a uh, roaming free zombie throughout the whole process. I, I was so excited about this because it's novel. And I was like, I'm going to have fun with this because we were listening to the game master at the beginning. That's the person who guides you through the process. Um, often from another room via cameras and, you know, sound system. Um, and, and she said that he can't attack us until we find the Nerf guns. All right. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to have fun with this guy. <laughs> I, I don't think my husband heard that because we got split up. And the idea was we were going to solve a series of, puzzles in different rooms to meet up in a third room and so as I'm alone in the room the zombie comes and bangs on the door and I know he can't come in and mess with me until we find the nerf guns so of course I act like I'm in the bathroom I'm like I'll be out in a minute (laughs) right so I'm having fun but then there's a point where I hear on the walkie-talkie the game master tells my husband sir don't lock that gate that's a health and safety issue I was like what's going on so when we got into that third room i realized my husband had had a completely different experience he went in with the perception of there's a zombie in here it's roaming free and it's going to get me so he was very nervous and how he was and i have permission to tell the story <laughs> he was very nervous in in solving the puzzles he was having trouble concentrating he was constantly looking over his back by the time we got to that third room he was exhausted and here I am bouncing around, excited, like, we're going to get this zombie. And and I, I convinced him. I said, look, look how slow, because the zombie was in the room with us. I'm like, look how, sl- that's not a World War Z zombie. That one's moving slow, right? So we can even go around the table to avoid them while we're solving puzzles. So he got to calm down. But it was interesting how walking out of that room, I had an amazing experience. I was energized and ready for the next one. He was exhausted um, and his nerves were afraid, right, because he spent an hour, nervous, essentially. Hmm. So that would be one example of many, many, many of how it was just in your face, um, how our perception creates our reality.
0: Yeah, that's a yeah. really cool quote. And I know <laughs> that I've used the perception reality quote before a lot uh-huh. over time, because you realize, wow, each person's the way they perceive this stuff. So yeah. really cool to have it related back to the escape room yeah. uh, concept. <laughs> when somebody buys your book and experiences the, the escape room uh, concepts, what what can they expect from going through your book? What, what are the insights they're going to get? And how's this going to unfold for them?
1: <laughs> well, very much like uh, the story that I had just told. Each chapter starts out with a little story and the lesson that we learned from it and then tidbits for how they can learn that lesson as well and hopefully it even gets them a little excited about escape rooms
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it sounds like uh, i didn't even know there were that many uh outlets for it so
1: oh yes man there's thousands and thousands of locations around the world
0: wow 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 yeah wow. is it a franchise concept is that is how it fr- a is it a franchised concept? Oh,
1: um, I mean, some are franchises, <laughs> but others are uh, very original mom and pop locations. It's 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 just like any business. There's so
0: many different huh. different experiences that's, around. That's <laughs> neat. I gotta explore that more. You piqued my exactly. curiosity. Yeah.
1: Mission accomplished. Check. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: Another thing um, that I had come across in your bios was you made the statement about. You must do what you're put on this earth to do to leave it a better place than you found it. Yes. Given what the world is going through and what we're all experiencing, that one really resonated to me. So I wanted to have you spend a little bit of time exploring that with everybody.
1: Ah, yeah. So I know uh, many times when we think of leaving the world a better place than we left it, we think we have to do something big and grand, right? But even, um, and, and we hear the little stories on social media, even the act of smiling at someone or sharing some sort of kindness or whatever still leaves the world a better place, right? You made that person's day. You never know. I'll never forget that story I heard about uh, someone was planning on going home and taking their own life, but someone took a, a, a t- just time to smile and, and yeah. truly ask how they were doing and, and show a little bit of care. And they didn't that day. I'm sure we've heard many stories like that, right? So the idea of deciding what we can do, it doesn't have to be through our careers. It can be through any portion of our life to just make the world a better place by being better to our human beings. Um, I mean, I just say that makes us good citizens of Earth. Yeah. (laughs) For lack of a better term, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, it's fantastic to point out that It doesn't have to be big. Yeah, it can be small. And I've told this story before, but we experienced a gentleman in a natural foods grocery store who he came in and he was just a customer, but he had on like a white robe and he was just this aura of happiness and kindness. And oh. We both experienced this guy in separate parts of the store. Mm. And for some reason, he didn't even say anything to me, but the aura he was putting out was just this sweet kindness. And then I watched him and he got to the checkout lady, and I think he was just buying a drink. And he was so kind to her Mm. that she instantly was beaming. And the energy was, you know, and unbeknownst to me, Afterwards, we both talked and we said, hey, did you see that guy? And it turned out we both had the same experience completely separately. Yeah. And I was astounded at the impact that this just the aura of kindness Mm -hmm. as he went through that environment. He impacted probably 20 people.
1: Yeah.
0: And he he did nothing. You know, I mean, it was just kindness. So.
1: And even years later, he's still having (laughs) that impact. Years later. Just from moments of spending time in the same space. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and it really taught me a big lesson that you're amplifying there of simple. Yeah. It can be simple because so much around us is everything's got to go big and everything's mm-hmm. got to be done big and it's, it's just a ripple not- effect, right? Simple yeah. spreads. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's a <laughs> Sure. Perfect. Thank you. We're now to the point of my asking a question around the one thing. So. Mm-hmm this one thing that people could take away from this half an hour that they spend with you. um, What is it that you'd like to amplify for people to really focus in on? Ooh. So
1: life is a school, right? We need to make the most of it, learn everything that we can and essentially to become, I would say essentially become the best person, the best version of ourselves Right. So think of our life as a school. Every moment is a growth opportunity. Uh, We're not going to start out. We're not going to end up where we started out. Right. So we were talking a little bit before uh, we came on the call on um, about how you're not born perfect. Right. We're constantly growing. We're constantly evolving. And that's what life is. It's a school. So do what you can to learn what you can every day something to further develop yourself. And I'm not talking about technical skills. I'm talking about who you are as a person and how you show
0: up in the world. Yeah. You yeah, know, the technical <laughs> skills, uh, it's, it's enormous, <laughs> the, the amount of stuff you can dive into there. But mm-hmm. the, it's really funny um, that you said that because I think it was earlier in the week I was journaling and I actually wrote down those exact words, life is a Aww. school. So uh, must have been getting connected with you. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever heard of this uh, movie um, called My Octopus? I think that's the name of it. Oh my gosh, Uh, write it down. Yeah. But it's the story of this, or it's a movie, a documentary of a, a gentleman who basically spent a year or two years partnering, kind of partnering and learning from an octopus. And when I wrote down the Life is a School thing, I wrote down that, wow, when you watch that movie and you watch this octopus that has millions of sensors all over and it's experiencing the environment and learning and adapting. Wow. And I wrote down this life as a school thing and I said, wow, you know, we're in this body that has millions of sensors Mm -hmm. and we're experiencing just like the octopus is experiencing. There was like this really aha moment for me. Oh, that's a cool metaphor. Yeah, it was tied yeah, to Yeah, or analogy. Yeah, <laughs> and it was really cool, uh, and when you just said life is a school, I couldn't believe you said it, because I'm like, wow, I just <laughs> was journaling about that, so.
1: Aw, we're connected. Yeah, <laughs> really. We all, we all are connected, so. <laughs> I know,
0: I know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, watch watch that uh, it's documentary, it's pretty powerful.
1: Okay, I will.
0: Uh, fantastic, one of the better ones we've seen in a while. So my next question is around the cauliflower moment, where you had a belief and then you questioned it and reframed it. And uh, I know we all have a lot of these, but there's always—it seems like for all of us, there's always a few that stand out when yeah. we really had a moment where we went, "Whoa!"
1: <laughs> yeah, we—I've had so many. Yeah, um, I'll go. I'll go with the, the biggest, deepest one. How about that? Yeah, perfect. so many lately, but the biggest, <laughs> deepest one. Um, was actually the passing of my father. So he, I was in my early 30s. He was in his mid-50s, and he got a pancreatic cancer diagnosis. And that man fought it for, for his life for four years. Uh, but it was amazing um, being with him during those four years because prior to that point in my life, I was achievement, 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 I intangible stuff, right? I've got to get that promoted. Uh, of course, I wanted to make a big impact on the world, right? But I thought it was through like tangible stuff. Like I've got to get promoted. I need to be a leader. Um yeah, you know, I'm going to go work for a bigger organization. I'm going to earn this. I'm going to get this kind of house. So I was very achievement oriented. And then going through that process with him, he would tell me stories of going to like his cancer group and uh, terminal cancer groups, so the support groups. And he would say, there were some people that were just pissed off at life and so angry, right, with this, this thing. And he said, it's because they were saving for a rainy day, right, they were going to go have that amazing experience after retirement, or, or go, you know, focus on the relationships after retirement, or there's a lot of after retirement talk, right. Um, so they were so angry that they weren't going to get to do that. And he said that he has, he had no regrets, that he hadn't lived that way. Um, And he's so thankful for all of the experience he's had. So that was a huge turning point for me, because I realized, wait a minute, uh, life is short. I mean, duh, but it was in my face, right? (laughs) Life is short, and that we need to make the most of every moment. And it's not about the tangible things that we achieve, but it's about those connections, those human relationships. It's about experiencing life now. Well, yes, still saving for the future, but Right. It's about living life now. It's about learning as much as you can while you can um, fostering those relationships, those connections, just being a better human being as quickly as you can because like, life is short.
0: Yeah, So that
1: that really changed how I interacted with everything. I decided, OK, I'm not going to go be an executive in the government, which was like a lifelong thing. I'm going to go out and do my own thing and help people uh, at the individual and, and group levels. So, yeah. That was my uh, call my biggest cauliflower moment ever.
0: <laughs> I like it. It's yeah. it's a big one and I think it's really relevant for a lot of us and I uh, I can't believe the commonalities between us because um 2 years ago in July I got a phone call from my father and he said, "Hey, I, I'm not going to um beat around the bush here. I've got tongue cancer and Mm. throat and mouth cancer and it's bad and I was out of nowhere and I was like oh wow you know this is quite a stunner and um he's still with us and he's been fighting it and it's brutal you know it's really crazy and you It does change everything. All of a sudden, everything. Total
1: paradigm shift.
0: Yeah, everything just goes. And the amazing thing for us in this age range that we're all in is it's happening to everybody. And we're seeing it with friends and everybody around us. We're all going through these things that you never stop to think that you might go through.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It really shifts your priorities in life, right?
0: You realize what's important it does. So I think it's a really powerful one to amplify. Listen, one other thing I want to touch on before we go is I know you have other books that you've written. So maybe you can just highlight some of those other things. So people know uh, some of the other things that are available that you've put out.
1: Oh, sure. Thank you. Yeah. So the first book is Quit Bleeping Around and go to QuitBleepingAround.com to learn more about it. And there's a podcast with it. The secrets to super achieving in that one second one secret to super productivity Again, .com. <laughs> so it's how uh, you can manage your energy instead of your time to be extremely productive and accomplish all that you want in this world and then the the last one uh or the the latest one I should say is not the last one life is an escape room.com and it's how we can use escape rooms to
0: develop ourselves yeah neat the uh, energy one you and I could have a whole nother podcast discussion around because yes um there's a lot of commonality in there as well Mm -hmm. wow really neat well listen i appreciate you spending time with us today and i know uh just getting this quick introduction i've gotten to you that i'm gonna dive into some of your material and oh thank you uh, get more of the insight because it's uh, all valuable so oh thank you it's been
1: my pleasure (laughs) thanks